Welcome, everyone, and uh, I'm glad to see you here at the Imagine Church podcast, um, where our goal is to bridge the Sunday to Sunday gap. My name is John Harrison, and today I am joined by all of the Imagine Church staff for a little bit of a special, like, extra episode of the podcast, um, where we're just going to sit and talk about uh, the five-year birthday of Imagine that is coming up this Sunday. Um, and we're just going to take some time looking back on what these past five years have been like um, and get a little bit of everyone's perspective and just have a good time um, just thinking back and remembering how how great the past five years have been. Um, and so to start, we're just going to have some fun questions to answer. Um, and then as we continue on, we'll move into some of the more, more serious stuff. Um, and so the first question that I have for everyone, I'd like to hear from everyone on these first few, is what is your favorite Joshism? So for anyone who's been around Josh for any significant period of time, you, just like you know, with anyone, you will learn that he has phrases and sayings that he just really loves and he sticks to them. And lots of times they go in cycles. Um, but I'm just curious, what have been some of your favorite Joshisms over the past five years? I, I just need to jump in at the very beginning and say, I object to this question. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, no one, no one enjoys phrases more than me. So yeah. <laughs> All right. I, this isn't quite a phrase, but Josh has his own specific rating scale that he uses. This one he, he uses pretty consistently. Um, I, for example, got a text last night that something was a 12 out of 10, which in Josh, Josh's mind, that means really, really great. It's never a 10 out of 10, always a 12 out of 10. And I can't remember the other specific numbers that he uses, but only, only in Josh's world do they have specific meanings. And everyone around that works closely with him knows when he says something's a three out of 10, not good. <laughs> I, think, I think it's rare when the number falls within the range of possibilities. It's usually a negative something out of 10 or an over, an over 10, so. Yeah, one, one similar to that, which really, it, it took place more so in my time in youth ministry, but occasionally will show up um, here at Imagine as well is when Josh is talking about a specific number, for example, three, and he'll go, not one, not two, not four, but three, and always just comes back to it. Um, that's, that's one that I've been a big fan of over the years as well. I, th I think the singular phrase uh, that has become entrenched in our own household vocabulary uh, is just go big or go home. Like, I, I don't know how many meals or, or just basic day-to-day -day things that will somehow turn into a go big or go home situation. So that is not my own. I know that's not my own. So I know exactly where that comes from. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I'm glad that I'm influencing the DeCamillis family. So, yeah. Like right now with this podcast, we're going big or we're going home. It's true. Uh, that's good. Um, on, a, on a more serious note, one of, uh, one of the ones that I've really liked is um, just the phrase that if you're not dead, God's not done. Um, that is one that has become really, uh, really common and really popular. 
I'd imagine, uh, just that idea of, you know, if you are still living, if you're still breathing, God can still um, use you and use your life and work through you, um, no matter what situation you're in. You know, Josh, do you have a do you have a favorite Joshism, or do you just love them all equally? You know the 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 funny part is that I I rarely, if ever, know that that's my phrase. Uh, it always has to be somebody who points it out to me, and then at that point, it's like, oh yeah, uh, you're right. I far overuse <laughs> that phrase, and I, I like what you said. It's it's always consistently been with me. There's like anywhere between 10 and 15 phrases that I'm using in any given time. And they slowly like the last few are, are cycling out while a new couple of them are coming back in. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's been, uh, I don't know why it's always been that way, but uh, uh, you're welcome world. I'm glad that I'm contributing in some small way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think every, everyone does that. Everyone has their own like phrases or sayings that they use a lot. It's just for some reason, yours have been the ones that get pointed out in the, in the past. Um, but yeah. So uh, another question that I would love to hear from everyone on is if you have a favorite Sunday morning from your time at Imagine, I mean, I know it's a lot um, for all of you guys. It's been five years for me. It's been like one and a half. So I have less to think about. Um, but if you have a specific Sunday that you were like, yep, this is, this is my favorite Sunday. So we've got about 250 to choose from. Is that about right? <laughs> from my from my math. Yeah. Uh, I think the math adds up there. Ooh. Uh that that's a hard one to answer Gosh. because there are there's like the serious ones and then there's like the ones that are really memorable. Like uh Cricket Sunday <laughs> is is one that all of us on staff remember we were meeting at Kaleidoscope Charter School. I don't even know, it was probably year like three. Uh, somewhere in there, year two, year three, and uh, we're meeting in this gymnasium, I believe it's during the summer, and there is just the loudest cricket ever, and the thing was not quiet the entire service, like uh, people were, were trying to find it, like nobody could find this thing, we never did find it, it just went off the entire, ser- uh, the entire service, worship, message, anything and everything in between, and so uh, we affectionately call it uh, Cricket Sunday. So that that's one of my, uh, immediately when you say favorite, I, I don't know if that's one of my favorites, but definitely one of the more memorable, <laughs> memorable Sundays that we've had. Yeah, we've had a lot of memorable ones. Uh, it, it, it's probably okay to mention, mention this, since you mentioned Cricket Sunday, the fact that, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit here. Uh, when there's a memorable Sunday, we have a habit of actually naming them as, as such. So... <laughs> Um, outside of Cricket Sunday, I think there have been some extenuating circumstances that have created like two or three disaster Sundays. <laughs> um, um, those are memorable for very different reasons. Uh, but, but honestly, it's hard for me to think it, it's kind of a cop out. Uh, it's hard, it's hard for me to think past our, our very first, I mean, our, our grand opening was very memorable and very special in a lot of ways. That was a very unique experience uh, in, in so many ways. So it's tough to be that one for burned into my memory and, uh, uh, and significant ones. So the, the grand opening, it's tough to beat that one. That was, that was a good one. That was exciting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 
it's hard to choose just one. There's so many and so many stories that could be shared about Sunday morning, specifically just all of the circumstances we've walked into with <laughs> renting a school. You never know what you're going to find necessarily when you walk in on Sunday morning. Um, I feel like that could be a podcast in and of itself where we just talk about all the behind the scenes of Sunday mornings and when we walked into places that we were renting and what we found and discovered. So yeah. painting, yeah, the, flooding, uh, I don't know. That's just a couple. The one time we couldn't get into the building we were renting and I had mm. to do it in the park. That was very early on, but yeah. did happen. Um <laughs> Uh, so lots of memorable Sunday mornings, but I think it's so hard to choose. Uh, Easter's are always super special to me and always, um, stick out just from all the behind the scenes work that go into planning Easter, especially for kids and just being intentional in, um, prepping for that and for families to have fun, but also get to hear um, the message of Easter and just all that excitement uh, in the room is always very memorable. Um, yeah, to the first, to the excitement of the first Sunday online <laughs> of like, yeah. we don't know what we're doing uh, and we're going to do it. And uh, you know, just that, that, feeling of <laughs> somewhat success uh afterwards of like hey we pulled it off um and yeah lots of moments in between for sure that's good um i think mine is similar to to anthony's although i was not there for the first grand opening um i was able to be a part of i don't remember if we called it a re grand opening or what we ended up calling it. Um, but our first Sunday after we moved from kaleidoscope to, uh, STMA West, um, that Sunday is one that, um, that sticks out in my mind and that's special for me. Um, because I mean, there's just, there's so much excitement around the idea of being in a new building, um, and doing something new. And, you know, there are a lot of people there, and you could just like, you could feel the energy from everyone. Um, and then on top of that, like knowing and being on staff and being a part of all the work that went in before that, um, getting to the point of like actualization where it was like, okay, we had all these plans and these thoughts and everything we wanted to happen. And then being able to see that actually come true. Um, and that actually happened is, uh, is a Sunday that definitely sticks out for me as one of, one of my favorites. Yeah. I'll never forget. I mean, grand opening, like Anthony said, will be forever, you know, just that, that was just such a special Sunday, uh, but that very first Easter as well. And when we did a, a service that interspersed music through, throughout the message and uh, we ended with uh, how he loves um, I think it's technically John Mark McMillan who, who sang it first, but David Crowder who popularized it. And uh, I, I still can't hear that song to this day without being brought back to that service and how we ended it. Um, and and the, the people that gave their life to Christ that day, uh, that was one of my 
that was just a powerful service and a powerful time. So along a similar idea, um, similar train of thought, um, just wondering, like, what are some of your favorite just memories in general um, or favorite stories? I mean, again, there's a lot. Um, Like you said, Anthony, it's like 200 and it's probably like 250 some Sundays. You know, there's a couple. It adds up to be a couple more, but then you miss a couple. And so probably somewhere around there, but this is Sundays and everything in between. Um, and so if to give you guys a little bit, of, a little bit of time to think about it, I can start off by sharing, um, by sharing one of mine, I guess it's not really a specific memory or a specific story. Um, but for, for people who know, know Josh and I and our relationship, um, and how that has changed and grown throughout the years. Um, it was, I think we, it was back to youth group. Um, I think it was, and it was like a mission trip to, I don't know if we were in Rochester or Duluth, um, or not a mission trip, but it was a trip to either Rochester or Duluth. And there was one day where Josh and I spent a significant amount of time together that day. And from that day on, we were just a ridiculous duo and a ridiculous pairing and making jokes all the time. And the two of us would sit there and be like close to tears at our own jokes and everyone else would sit around and be like, what, what is going on with the two of them? Um, and now working with Josh, um, it's, you know, at times like it's some of the exact same stuff, um, where we're just sitting there and Josh and I are laughing our butts off and Abby's on the other side of the table looking at us like, how do I put up with these guys every day? Um, but yeah, that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Um, just getting to, you know, get back to that relationship and spending a lot of time together like we did back, back then and just having a lot of fun together. Uh, that's been something that, that I've really enjoyed. Okay, I have three, uh, and they I'm sure I could list a lot more. Um, first was, this is just a specific kids moment that, I, that sticks out to me. There's hundreds and hundreds of other stories that I've loved getting um, to just spend time with the kids uh, and get to know them, but one Sunday morning, I think it was last year, um, one of our elementary um, boys came up to me and he was so proud. We had been working on memorizing a verse and he wanted to share his verse with me. And he did it, you know, like I just stopped everything in the middle of the craziness of Sunday morning and he said it to me and he was so proud and pumped and like, celebrated and then he also wanted to show me his notebook that he had been writing in and he had been writing prayers um and they were like I mean just prayers from an elementary kid's heart and it was just really cool reminder in the midst of Sunday mornings are crazy as a staff person and um, just to be able to stop and spend that time with him and um, 
just remember why why we do all the crazy things we do on Sunday mornings. Um, that will always just stick out to me as one of my favorite memories. Um, second was just the very, very first um, small group that Nate and I were able to be a part of. Um, those friendships that even though that group has you know moved on we are able to always um engage in those friendships and that's super special to us just all the memories and laughs and um hard times that we are able to um experience with them and then last thing i guess is just the staff relationships that we've been able to build um times that our families have been able to hang out I mean it's been a lot of <laughs> a lot of time of planning and I think you guys were our Nate and I's first house guests we hadn't even really moved into our house <laughs> yet um I don't even know if we were married yet uh <laughs> and you guys came over and had had pizza on our kitchen floor and stuff like that so i'm super thankful and those will be treasured memories for sure yeah it's hard to narrow it down to just a few stories because there literally are are so many that you could tell um you know i also am just thankful for the staff and the relationship that we've had i think it's a a really unique thing that we're five years into this thing and basically uh, myself and our family and then Anthony, you and your family and, and Abby, you and Nate and, and now your family, like, you know, we've been a part of this thing for, you know, six, seven years now. Um, you know, we were getting together, planning, praying, you know, two years before this thing ever officially launched. And to just see how God has kept us together and the camaraderie that we have and the relationships that we have, like those are really, really significant and unique. I've been in ministry for a long time and um you know, I'm thankful for all the relationships that I have, but this, this one has been special. And so I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, on a little bit of a less serious note, I think one of my all-time favorite stories that we were talking about this uh, right before we, we started the podcast was the very first Sunday of where we held a baptism service. And it's supposed to be like your big joy-filled day. And it was like this huge step where people are taking their steps of faith. And we discovered that there was a hot tub rental company in Elk River, Minnesota. And so they're only like 10, 15 minutes from where our school was. And so we rented a portable hot tub for them. And when the guy drove into the parking lot and dropped off our, our portable hot tub, it had a giant sign on the side of it that said, Captain Party Time. And so <laughs> we were able to baptize, I think it was like six or seven people that very first baptism service with a giant like Captain Party Time sign in every single like camera shot. It was so big, uh, the advertisement they had on the side of this thing. And so we ended up calling it, I ended up calling it Captain Party Time's Excellent Adventure. Um, but you know what I think about stories? I'm, I'm always drawn to, uh, to, to that one in Captain Party Time. Uh, it, was, it was a great moment. But, you know, if I, if I think about it, you know, to me, uh, church has always been about people. You know, a, a ministry is about relationships. And so I think of people like, like Rob and Beth, Beth Solly. 
Uh, they were a part of our launch team. Uh, they were people that I had significant relationship before with. They attended the, the church where I was a youth pastor at before I started Imagine, but, but they ended up coming and being a part of our church. And they were only with our church uh, for a short period of time, maybe like a year and a half, a year, year and a half, something like that. But God just really moved in their lives during that season. And uh, it just was such a joy to watch them serve and to fall back in love with church again. They had gone through some, some challenging situations leading into Imagine. And they ended up leaving Imagine, not because they were looking for another church, but because they really believed in our mission so much of, of inspiring new beginnings and, and going big and going home that they felt God was calling them to move into the inner city in St. Paul and to be a part of the solution um, in helping with all the challenges that, that St. Paul faces in so many of our inner cities face. And so, you know, I think about, you know, some of my favorite stories are people like Robin Bessali. Um, like I, I love that couple to death and their, their boys and I'm so thankful for the time they spent at Imagine. Um, they, they definitely mean a lot to, to me and to our story. I'll piggyback off of that really quick and just mention that, that yeah, it's, 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 it's the times we have with, 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 with the people uh, that we know and love. And so it, it's, it's never one thing. It's, uh, you know, going to twins games or playing top golf with guys or goofier things like foot golf or something like that. Like it's, it's not one, it's, it's all of those things put together are some of the best things uh, that, that come to mind. So I'll, th I'll throw some of those in there. That and the reindeer. When we rented a reindeer, that was great. <laughs> Should have no opened more. with the reindeer. <laughs> uh, what I what I love most about foot golf is that some random guy was there playing and just like ended up in our group. <laughs> like we just ended up playing foot golf with some random guy uh, from the Big Lake area. That was uh, uh, I, I I thought for sure that it was like somebody's friend that they had brought, and then. We were all standing in the parking lot after, and it was like, wait, you didn't know him? No, you didn't know him? You didn't? Like, no one knew who he was. He just randomly came and played with us. So that was, uh, I forgot that was about pretty that. I forgot about that, but I did not forget that somewhere there exists uh, some video of, of, of Josh, you swimming in one of the, uh, one of the hazard ponds. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I try to forget that. Yeah, that is true. I did dive in after uh, I stole a soccer ball from my son, kicked it into the water, and then had to go get it. So, <laughs> uh, yikes. Man, well, it's a lot of fun hearing, you know, some of the stories, um, especially for me, the stories from before my time at Imagine. Um, and it's, it's fun just getting to talk about some of those things and relive some of those things. Um, and now I want to move into a little bit more like serious um, territory, a little bit more serious conversation here. Um, and just to start, I mean, you know, having a job at, at a church plant is very different from lots of other jobs you could get where you, generally speaking, you know, you go out and you seek a job. Like if you're going to go into business or, you know, if you're going to be a teacher or whatever, you go out and you seek that job. But lots of times, you know, when you find yourself working at a church plant, um, you were asked about being a part of it. And so um, really more specifically for, for Anthony and Abby, I was just curious, you know, when when Josh first came to you with this idea of starting a church, 
Like, what was it? Um, what was it about working at Imagine that initially you were like, you know what? Yes, like God wants me here. Like I'm supposed to be a part of this. All right, that's a that's a good question. It it was a long time ago that this all took place. <laughs> um, I guess some of the initial conversations um, I was volunteering for Josh at the time. I remember the first time he ever mentioned church planting to me. Um, and it was more of like, I think I'm going to do this someday, but hopefully not anytime soon. <laughs> um, and, and conversations just between um, the two of us just kind of happened casually and, you know, just started becoming more um, frequent, I guess, to the point where he was really feeling called to church plant. And um, I guess I don't remember a specific moment of you asking me, Josh, maybe you were trying to get rid of me. Uh, <laughs> um, by not asking me, uh, but I don't have a necessarily a specific moment that sticks in my mind of like, Hey, will you, will you do this with me? It was more of, I was a part of that processing along with Josh. Um, the, some of the more significant moments that stick out, um, to me, in my personal journey where um, I was in school to become a special ed teacher. And I just really felt that I wasn't going to be in that field very long. <laughs> um, so I remember sitting down with my parents and being like, hey, so you know this degree that I'm about to graduate with? I don't think I'm going to use it very long. I think I'm going to go into ministry. <laughs> um, I remember being pretty terrified to have that conversation with them. Um, thankfully, uh, my parents are amazing and they're like, yep, we could have, like, we knew that. <laughs> Um, so they probably knew that I was going to end up in ministry long before I, uh, ever did. Um, and yeah, it just kind of evolved from there to the point of, um, Nate and I, um, being on the launch team and kind of our, my role evolving, <laughs> uh, throughout the years, um, from there. And so. Yeah, it's been been a wild wild ride. Other than I can say, like, I just it was only God. Like, nothing about the decision making process for me would look uh, logical on on paper. But it was the only thing that I I was certain this is where I was supposed to be. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. There, you you could almost say um, 
I don't know if there, there was a specific moment, but when Josh and I, Josh and I worked together at Grace, we had multiple conversations about far off in the future when oh, what it would look like to consider a church planting. It's something that's always, I've just had a little bit of a spark for, just for, just always. I can't quite put my finger on that. I guess it's providential in some ways. It's, uh, I've always been interested in fresh new uh, expressions of, of the church and and uh, I'm not the only one to have seen something in, in Pastor Josh that says, you know, there's something there. Like, that's a guy who's going to plant a church someday. And it's something I can get behind and would love to be a part of. And so somewhere along the line, I remember having a conversation and said, hey, when you're ready, give me the call. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll hop right in. Um, and then years later, that, that call finally came. <laughs> I was like, all right, I said I'd do it. <laughs> You know, it, uh, but there's more to that story too. I don't have, I have time to get into that, but the story, the, the timing was exceptional. It was, it was truly, truly providence. The, t- the timing was really, really uh, amazing that uh, there was just a, a leading that we were moving towards something else in terms of, of ministry. And uh, uh, the call came at a very, very uh, opportune time. It was interesting. It was, it was fun. I said, yep, that's it. That's a clear green light go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would just piggyback off of the, you know, what Anthony said, he, he referenced that uh, when we spent time, I was a senior high youth pastor at, at a church in Brooklyn Park, and, and Anthony was uh, led worship and did worship for me there. Uh, he ended up taking a, a different job, and, and, and he said, like, we had had casual conversation before that of like, hey, you know, maybe someday I'll plant a church, you know, just kicking around, but you kick around all kinds of ideas you know, at that point. But I remember it was one of the last conversations we had before he officially stepped down and, and took this new position. And, and he just looked at me and said, hey, if you ever plant a church, like I better be your first phone call because I'm in. And, and I remember walking away from that conversation. It, it really was a pivotal moment in my own church planting journey because the tone that he used and the way that he said it, it was the first time that I wondered like, maybe this is something that I'm supposed to do. Like if somebody like Anthony, you know, believes in me enough to, uh, to, to say that, like that was a really pivotal moment in my, in my journey. It was one of the first times that I really contemplated it on a significant level. And so uh, I was really thankful yet yeah, literally years down the line, uh, Anthony wasn't my first phone call. My first one was to my parents, but, but he was phone call number two. So, uh, not one, not three, but two. And, uh, <laughs> um, I'm really thankful that he took that call and, uh, I've been so thankful for, for his willingness and his family's willingness to jump in, to be a part of this mm-hmm. thing. So I know that that wasn't a question directed at, at me, but I, I couldn't help but jump in cause, cause really it was a formidable part of my own mm-hmm. journey as well in the midst of this. Right. You're I might be leading this thing, but you're the boss. You can do what you want. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I guess I can kind of answer this question as well. Um, but for me, you know, I went to went to school to be in in ministry. Um, and it was honestly like similar to Abby's experience, except I I realized that I was going to go into ministry like six months before I was supposed to start college. Um, so I was, uh, I figured that out a little late. Um, at least, I mean, most people change their majors, but my parents definitely would have liked for me to have known or had some idea of what I was going to do before that point. Um, but you know, I went to, went to school for ministry. 
um, to youth ministry specifically and um, graduated and was was back working at the job that I had worked in in high school and looking for for other positions um, in ministry and you know kept applying for positions and not getting them and applying and not getting them and you know like one of the positions there were over a hundred people that had applied for it um, it was a position that technically like I wasn't even qualified for and what they had asked us like minimum minimum qualifications um, and it came down to me and one other guy and um, you know he ended up being being the right fit for that position and you know had experiences like that where it felt like I was so close um, but just just didn't make it and um, you know the whole time it was like okay well like God clearly has to have something else for me like there clearly has to be something else um, but during that time Josh and I we were out to lunch one day um, we just would get lunch sometimes and hang out and he was like hey I know you're looking for a job um, I know you want to be in ministry, like just come hang out with me and Abby a couple days a week and work with us, help us on some stuff, do whatever. Um, and then that turned into, you know, a part-time position, um, and, and just, you know, essentially just helping out a little bit more. Um, and when that time was up, it was, you know, we sat down to have the conversation about, okay, like Josh was going to ask, okay, how can I help you? and what's next? Like, how can we help you get to what's next? And it was like, you know what? I mean, I just, I feel like this is what's next. Like God just wants me to be here. There is just something about imagine. Um, it just feels like home and it feels like the place that I'm supposed to be. And it's, it's where God wants me to be. Um, and you know, like, like Abby, like you had said, decision, like, if you're looking at it objectively, like, does it make a ton of sense? Probably not, you know, but like, it's just, it just feels right. And feels like I am exactly where God wants me to be. Um, and that is, that is a feeling that just feels so great. Um, that just lifts so much weight off your sh shoulders when you can be confident in the fact that like you are exactly where God wants you to be. Um, and so, yeah, that's how, that's how I ended up here. Um, and it's been great. Um, and I guess is, is a great segue into this, the next question of just talking a little bit about like what this journey has been like. Um, like I've said earlier, you know, for you guys, it's been five years. Um, and for me, it's been, you know, roughly a year and a half. Um, but so far, like the journey has been great. Um, it's been great being a part of, of this staff. Josh talked earlier about like just how close all of the staff is. Um, and, you know, I obviously knew Josh really well, um, knew Abby quite a bit. Um, Anthony and I, our paths hadn't really crossed. I mean, we were at, we were at Grace at the same time, but when you were there, I would have been down on the other end of the church, just, you know, a little kid. Um, but for me, like I've just felt like I've been able to, um, to integrate into the staff and the staff culture really well. Um, you know, myself and my, I guess now fiance, Linnea, um, we have, I felt like we've been able to integrate well, um, with, you know, the rest of the staff and all your guys' spouses, um, and just with the people at Imagine. It's been great. Uh, the people 
here at Imagine are great. Um, it's been awesome getting to know people and getting to be a part of, of what God is, is doing at Imagine. Yeah. Um, so the question, the question was, what has this journey been like? And that in and of itself would be a, a three day conversation. Um, I know uh, we're on, on recording on online right now. And I, as soon as I said that, I saw uh, Anthony and Abby both emphatically shaking their heads because they understand it um, better than, than anyone. It's been great and it's been hard. It has been the best and it has been the worst. It has been the most uplifting and the most discouraging. Um, if I had to be honest, like those are, those are some of the emotions that I would say, like this journey has been uh, hard, exponentially harder than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I really thought that we had a, a great plan going into church planting. I thought that we had fr- surrounded ourselves with the right people and were asking the right questions. And, you know, for whatever reason, over the first five years, um, you know, God has been incredibly faithful. That's why we're still here. But, but we've had more challenges than we've had success um, along the way. Uh, if you count it from a numeric standpoint or from a financial standpoint, you know, uh, it, it's felt like we've lived far more often in our history than probably we'd like to admit, you know, not quite offering to offering, but close, you know, to that. And, um, but I'm thankful like if there's a word that I would have to say, it's thankful. Like if I had to do this over again, I would. Um, it's been, I've learned more about leadership. I've learned more about my own faith and I've seen God work more in the last five years than I did in the previous 35. And um, yeah, I, I guess those are some of my reflections. Yeah. I, I don't know if we'll get vastly different responses because uh, mine. I was thinking I'd sum it up as our experience has been everything and amplified. Like, you know, the highs are highs and the lows are lows. And, 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 and the other thing that comes to mind as well is that it's been, and you were hinting at it too, Josh, that it's been uniquely challenging. Like we, uh, I can't imagine going into starting this five years ago with better counsel. Like we had, we had phenomenal counseling and leadership before us uh, and, and, and several guard rate, like not guardrails, but like we had, we had tremendous support from, from people who've gone before us uh, a lot of affirmation and validations along the process. And so I, I can't imagine feeling less naive about, about starting imagine. And yet the surprises have been so uniquely challenging and, 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 and what has been challenging has, has, has been the surprise. So it kind of catches you off guard. I mean, there's the usual challenges as well of, of, you know, the day-to-day operations and numbers, et cetera, and all of that. But uh, the, 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 the other challenges have been the, the surprises, the one that uh, ones you don't see coming. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh... I don't even know how to how to sum it up. Um, it has been a journey. That feels like a correct word. Uh, <laughs> um, it's it's been growing for us in every 
area of our lives, um, just in in the challenges, in the successes, in figuring out what it looks like to be a family in ministry, um, you know, just all of the things that <laughs> that come with starting something, um, figuring out what. I mean, the details are of, of starting something and something none of us have ever done before. Um, and I just think growing in our faith too, like Josh said, um, I've never, never learned more in the last five years. And that is true. We have seen God's faithfulness time and time and time again. Um, in our personal lives, just in the lives of the church. Um, and I would do it, do it all over again too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple different people had, had mentioned, you know, like, um, lots of learning through this process. And so it's just, curious like what are some of those like specific things some specific areas where you can point to and be like like I clearly learned something here um like for example for me when I went to school for ministry um and before I had I'd started working at Imagine I I've never been a huge planner I've never been especially like a long-term planner um, but I, ha I was pretty set in my mind that I was going to be in youth ministry um, for, you know, as long as, as I felt like I could effectively work in youth ministry. Most people, you know, they, they end up like getting called to something else or they like, you know, age out, um, feel like they can't connect with, with youth culture, feel like they don't have the energy to be with kids all the time, whatever it may be. Um, I felt like I would be in youth ministry until that point. And then after that, I did not see myself anywhere in like vocational ministry. Um, I, I had assumed that I would go, I would go back to school, um, get a graduate degree in counseling and do some sort of professional counseling. Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe I'll do that again, uh, or maybe I'll do that in the future. Maybe that is still in the plans like that God has for me in the future. Um, but after working at Imagine, um, I mean, I guess not after, um, cause I'm still working at Imagine, but during my time at Imagine, um, one of the things that I have learned about myself is that I love being in vocational ministry. Um, I like love, love, love it. And I am now at a point where I could see myself working in a church in a whole number of different capacities um, for, for the rest of my life. Um, and that was something that I thought was just not even an option before I just, you know, just didn't think that it was for me. Um, but yeah, since, you know, since my time starting at Imagine, like I've just learned a lot about myself, um, you know, professionally and the things that I, would like to do, um, in the future. And, you know, more often than not, like most of those things are, are in ministry. Um, but that was not the case before I started at Imagine. 
you know, there's, there's once again, there's a million different ways that you can answer this and, and, you know, we could spend three days and still not do it all justice. Um, I think that one of the things that I've really learned is that God's way isn't our way and being okay with that. Um, yeah, I sit here as the lead pastor of this church and and I know it's something that, you know, intuitively it's it's the answer that we all give. Like, of course God's way is better than our way. Um, but we fight that. We just do. We we fight it as humans. And the last five years, like, I think this has been an exercise for me again and again and again. And just saying, all right, God, like, whatever you want to do, not my way, but your way be done because it feels like every time I lay every plan and use every ounce of my leadership ability and, and draw the best out of us as an organization. And, and I'm surrounded, like we're surrounded by great people at Imagine. Like um, this, this church has just got an abundance of people that are faithful and filled with grit and have an incredible amount to add, not just at this church, but, but they can work at any church. Um, I believe that about all three. Uh, of you guys that are here. Um, but just how many times I just have seen something happen and it hasn't gone the way that I'd hoped or the way that I had wanted. It was hard. And then after a while, you just start asking all kinds of questions. Um, you know, like, is it me? <laughs> Am I in the right position? Am I doing the right thing? Like, do I need to quit? Am I the lid of this organization? You know, like, have I blown this for everybody? Um, I just think about all the ways that God's been faithful. And it's just been under this reminder that, man, his way isn't our way. And I'm going to be okay with that. And that would definitely have been something that I would always have given lip service to throughout my life. Um, but it's something that I believe and actually put into practice a lot more. Um, and I'll just say this real quick, because uh, I, I don't want to spend forever. I don't need to take up all the time. But you know, the, the other thing that I've learned is that um, tears are real and, and pain and hurt is real. Um, and I think sometimes when we're in a church setting, you know, we, we focus on the good of what happens and understandably so. And we forget the challenges of what goes on behind the scene and the tears, that, the real tears that people cry. Um, and that are shed and um, the hurt that exists. And so one of the things that I've learned is just like, I'm not unique in that. Um, there's a lot of other people that, that deal with those same things, um, but we don't talk about it as much as maybe we should. Uh, so as we've, you know, as we've discussed the past five years, you know, I've categorized it as having, you know, lots of challenges um, and lots of areas where, you know, God has just been faithful and God's shown up. And we've learned a lot of things throughout that, um, throughout our time at Imagine. Um, but what are, what are some of those specific areas 
um, in the history of Imagine where it was just like so incredibly clear, like this right here in front of us is God just at work. Um, whether it's in, you know, people on staff or in people attending Imagine or, you know, things that are just like, even just like Imagine adjacent um, areas where throughout this process, you have just been able to look and be like, this is just clearly God has his hand all over this. I think consistently over and over again, it's, it's been timing of, of various things, uh, locations to buildings, to moves, to, uh, finances, to, uh, right people, right time, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's been timing over and over again. Um, yeah, I don't know how much more detail I go into that one, but that, that's, that's the big category I can think of the so many times. Yeah. Um, that's good. The right thing has, has happened uh, to fall into place, uh, specific donations, uh, resources otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It has felt like in every moment where it has felt like we just don't have very much left, um, whether that's energy wise, whether that's, money in the bank, you know, organizationally, um, that God has walked alongside us and showed up in that moment. I mean, you know, if you go back all the way to the beginning, we were originally supposed to launch this thing in like October, you know, it ended up being December of 2015, December 6th of 2016, before we, uh, actually technically launched, actually, I think it was December 5th, but, um, December 5th of 2015, before we technically launched. And part of that was because, like every single place, like it felt like we had a location and then it would fall apart, you know, and we just had nowhere. And it was getting to the point where it was like, you know, we were either, we were going to have to change where we were going to plant. I mean, it was, there literally was nothing. And when we had no other cards left to play, it was at that moment that, you know, somebody from Kaleidoscope reached out to us and said, Hey, you know, like, we'd love to have you in our space. And within like, a few days, you know, we were in <laughs> at Kaleidoscope and um, just the timing of that, um, you know, uh, I alluded to it a little bit, like some of the financial struggles that we've had, like it's been, you know, we've been really challenged financially and, and I'll never forget. This is one of the most pointed moments to me of where I remember seeing God. I'll probably cry, but, but that's because I'm a crier when I think about this story, but um we were at a place where, where we didn't have hardly any money left. Uh, we were going into a Christmas season or, or into the month of December. And, and uh, we didn't know, I didn't know how we were going to be able to afford Christmas. It didn't look like we were going to have enough money to be able to afford, you know, staff moving forward. And we got a letter in the mail and um, it was anonymous and it was out of the blue and enclosed in that was a check for $20,000. And to this day, I don't know who gave that amount of money, but I remember I had that in the letter, the, the language that was in that letter was so specific because it was things like, I continue to see all the ways that you have been faithful to what God has called you to. And it, like every single line was just like the exact words that we needed and like what we were feeling when it came to being discouraged. And I got that letter and I brought it and I'll never forget this. Uh, I was at a caribou in big Lake and I handed that letter to Anthony and he read it. And we sat there and we just cried 
<laughs> we cried together sitting in the middle of the big lake caribou um, as we read this letter and just were reminded of like the faithfulness of God. And, and that hasn't been the only time. There's been uh, three times, really four now, four times in our, our church's history where the need has been so substantial that we have wondered, are we going to be able to continue? And in every single one of those moments, just when we think it's over, a check shows up um, or God shows up in a really real and profound way and, and keeps us going. Um, yeah. I, whenever I think about it, I, I, I think about that caribou. I think about big Lake and uh, I wonder what it would have been like to be there and just see two grown men, like just bawling. <laughs> It'd be at one of those other tables, but that was just such a, a pointed, fantastic moment, you know, for the rest of my life, I'll never forget reading that letter for the first time. And every single line just spoke to me. I thought that was going to be a very different meeting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, we all did. I mean, it was, it literally was yeah. getting to the point where it was like, we were sitting down and it was like on the docket was the, the elephant in the room that neither one of us wanted to talk about. And that is like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make it. Yeah. And instead I was able to hand him this letter. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, um, one of the things about, you know, all of those stories that that some people might miss because they weren't or like aren't necessarily a part of it is that in in those situations, like it's not it's not like you sat down and wrote, you know, a bunch like a hundred postcards and sent them out to people and were like, Hey, we need money. Um, you know, I think about like when we when we made the decision to move um from Kaleidoscope to STMA West. Um, we had sat down and we talked about it and we were like, you know, there's going to be a significant like cost associated with this move. And um, I remember it was, I think we were two days into Josh, you had asked all of us on staff um, and our spouses and the leadership team um, to just pray, not for, not specifically for, for money or for anything, but just to pray that if, if we were making the right decision that God would make it clear to us. And two days after you asked all of us to do that, someone out of the blue said that somehow, some way they caught wind of the fact that, that, that we might be moving and that, you know, years ago God had put it on their heart that if we were ever to move locations that they had a check that they were supposed to give us. And, you know, it was not that we, we were like putting out feelers and being like, Hey, we're thinking about moving. Would you support us financially? Like these people just out of the blue were like, Hey, you know, if, if you move, we have this to give you. Um, and it's just like, in some of those moments, it's like, I don't know that I have ever seen a more clear indication from God of like, Hey, I am here. I'm a part of this. I'm supporting you in this. You're supposed to do this. Um, yeah, some of the, some of those moments have just been, just been crazy. Um, yeah, that was, that was, a that was an amazing moment. I, not that I'd forgotten about that one, but I forgot the detail that you're right. Like we hadn't advertised that at all. I still to this day, have no idea how that person would have caught wind of any of it. <laughs> but, I believe it was to the exact dollar amount that we had estimated hours before yeah. that. I think it's going to take about X amount. Yeah. And then two days later it showed up and we're like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, we all get a text yeah. from Josh, and it's like, hey, I, th- I think God sent a sign sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of confirmed it. Yeah. I think he gave us a green light on this one. I think even in in areas aside from finances, there's just been the timing theme of of God working behind, you know, in and through what tiny dreams we may have had of from um, being a church that wanted to do stuff for the community and being able to partner, be one of the first partners with the Sheridan story at Kaleidoscope, which is now every meal um, and be one of their like pilot sites for moving this direction um, away from the cities. Um, And even uh, most recently, I think of the partnership with Alleluia Lutheran and um, being able to partner with what they're doing in um, the food, um, giving out food, <laughs> um, food distribution um, that they've been able to do. Of, I mean, we we had a meeting with the staff and spouses and leadership team and saying like, we want to do something. Um, this fall that focuses on food and focuses on the needs in our community. And this partnership has, has worked out beautifully. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better, you know, situation or partnership of another church that um, we can walk alongside in that. And so I think even in the tiniest, in the biggest details from finances to the tiniest little things like we have seen God's timing and faithfulness over and over and over again. Um, and just that little encouragement of like, yep, like I'm here. So it's, it's been, it's been great to, to look back at the past and the history of Imagine, um, you know, coming up on five years now. Um, and, and just looking at all the ways that God has been a part of that um, and, and the story of Imagine over the past five years. Um, but there's also a reality that, like, God has a, a future for Imagine. Um, us as a staff, you know, we have we have ideas for the future and plans and things in mind um, for what's to come. Um, And so, you know, as, as you think about, and as you look to the future, um, what does, what does imagine look like as, as we move forward? Which I know in, in and of itself, especially in a time like this in the midst of a global pandemic is such a hard thing to answer um, to know, like, what next week is going to look like, let alone, you know, a couple months, a couple years down the road. Um, but yeah, like just what does, what does Imagine's future look like? That's another, that's another really, really good question. Um, I, 
I think there's there's a couple of things that jump to mind right away, and and I hope that Anthony and Abby would agree, and that is that we will continue to be an intentional church. Um, over the last five years, there there really has not. I can't think of a decision. Maybe there have been, but I can't think of a decision or something that we've done where it's just been like off the cuff. Like we really do think intentionally and pray intentionally and 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 talk about like what it is that we do and how we want to do it. And so uh, I would anticipate that moving into the future that we continue to be an intentional church. And, and, you know, I I think that we're only beginning to scratch the surface on some of the ways that we can walk alongside um, our community. Uh, I really have loved last year um, how much we've stepped outside of the four walls of the building that we don't own, but rent, (laughs) you know, and uh, the ways that we walk alongside. um, I, I think, you know, five years from now, I hope that that's something that we're just continuing to, to do. Um, you know, vision is, is one of the things that I love. So, I mean, I could talk for forever on that, like, um, but I, I just think like we're going to continue to be a place where, where we see growth, um, that we're going to continue to be a place where people can come and experience God in a really real way. And I love the way that we have, I think it took about a year, maybe a year and a half into our church before we kind of accidentally stumbled upon like an imperfect church for imperfect people. But I love that. Like, I believe that about our church that every single one of us, including myself are just, you know, no one's better than anyone else. We're all sinners saved by grace. Um, and that, that God is going to continue to use imagine in a really real way in our community. Uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his faithfulness. Um, and so I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the next five years look like. Um, I know that everything that I have planned, if I've learned anything from the first five, is that whatever I think the next five are going to look like, uh, they're not going to be. <laughs> but, but I'm okay with that because I'm excited to see the ways that God works. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm thinking about, sorry, Abby, you go ahead, you go ahead. I was going to say, that's, that's basically what I was going to say, is that I have a lot of, you know, we all have dreams or things that we hope to see accomplished and things that we will stay, you know, faithful to and intentional about, um, of course, but also look ahead to the next five years in more so anticipation to see what God is going to do. The the last five years, like we've all said, I mean, we could not have written that story (laughs) at all. Um, But we can point out every single moment of God's faithfulness. And I think um, that's what I look forward to is being able to say at the 10 year mark and be able to point out all the ways that he has been faithful um, and that we have been faithful uh, to what he has called us to, to this, to this community. Um, we, we picked, <laughs> this is talk about being intentional uh, in the beginning, uh, selecting uh, Otsego, Albertville, St. Michael area was an extensive process. Um, we, all of our families spent a ton of time researching and I mean, Nate and I spent a whole night in the car with Daph and Josh and I think just Elijah, I don't think Isaiah was even born yet, driving around the Otsego area, like scouting out 
what what Atsu Go was like. Um, like we chose this area because we felt called to it, and I just think we will continue to to serve it in the ways that we are called to. Yeah, when I think about what what does Imagine look like as we move forward, it's I, I laugh because we have no idea. <laughs> but but uh, I mean, in the last year, I mean, hold that thought though. In the last year, we've we've reinvented what we do like structurally twice, like be, moving from Kaleidoscope to STMA and changing all the internal stuff, and then quickly going online six months after that. Like, but the advantage that we have and have had for quite some time is that Josh nailed it. Our mission, vision, and values have not changed. They've only solidified and they've, and they've only manifested as well. Like we've, we've gotten involved with how many different meals programs between elderly Lutheran, but also uh, one meal and all of that. Like we're up to the thousands of meals, more than that, way more than that. Uh, but like that's, that's coming that, that we've been able to help provide. That's, not coming from something that will ever change. It comes from the mission, the vision, the values of the church. And so that's, again, the greatest advantage we have. And the, and that's the greatest future we're going to have is coming out of that clear mission, vision, value. So it's two sides. Like you said, I have no idea what it's going to look like <laughs> because last year has proven that. But at the same time, I've got a pretty decent idea of what we'll be do, uh, up to and what we'll be cooking uh, because of that clear uh, mission that we have. I know that we're wrapping up our our time. And so I just want to say uh, to those of you that have been a part of Imagine, just how thankful I am for all the people uh, that have come, all the people that have given, all the people that have prayed. And whether you've ever attended Imagine uh, or not, uh, we have felt your prayers and we have felt your support. We are here because of of the uh, the prayers and the contributions of of some people that we know of. And, and honestly, uh, probably hundreds, if not thousands more that we'll never know. Um, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, it is it is an honor to be a lead pastor of, of this church. Like I love um, Imagine Church and I'm so thankful for all the ways that people have walked alongside us. So uh, shout out to shout out to all you guys. And uh, I'm excited to see what God does, continues to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um... This is this has been great. It's been so much fun. Um, but now, you know, we have to answer the most important question of all. Friends and family don't count. Who is your favorite person that attends Imagine? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's a terrible idea. Um, terrible, terrible idea. No one answer that question. Uh, there is no right answer. Um, but seriously, it has been really great um, to get to sit down and to do this. Um, I mean, even for me to hear a little bit about you know, Imagine's history that I didn't have the privilege of being a part of, um, but I'm glad I get to be a part of it now and, and you know, a part of whatever Imagine's future is. Um, like, like you all said, we have, we have no clue what it is. We know what we'll be about for sure. Um, you know, our, our mission and our vision, our values, those are, those are clear. Um, but it's just a question of, you know, how is God gonna, gonna use and work through us as individuals and as a church? Um, but super, super excited for that future um, and to see what it is that God has in store for us. Um, that is all we have for this uh, this special episode of the Imagine Church podcast. Um, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has uh, tuned in and is 
you know, watching this, being a part of this. Um, you can follow us on all of our different social media pages. It is at Imagine Church MN on whether it's, you know, Facebook, um, Instagram, our YouTube is Imagine Church MN as well. Um, we look forward to, to getting to interact and to see you more in the future. Um, and we will see you next time.